And right. welcome back to Now Open the Podcast, the sex education podcast that's more sex than education. I am Drew. And I am Jobim. This week, we're spreading the truth about spreading labias, demystifying the wondrous world of nature's Rubik's Cube, the clitoris. In part one, we broke out all of the clitoris facts and the good anatomy bits. This is part two of Eating the Bean, a.k.a. How to Give Good Head Girl, where we'll talk about the practice, the application, and dare we say, the philosophy of giving amazing head. This podcast deals with themes, languages, and situations that may not be suitable for young audiences. If you're under the age of 18, parental guidance isn't going to help you here. So, Jobim, my first question to you, do you enjoy eating people up? Yes, it depends. It, it really depends. Uh, I think the, the experience of eating somebody out also depends on how good the person is at receiving oral. Because my enjoyment is derived from how much I think you are enjoying. So if you're just going to starfish there while I'm, you know, like spelling the fucking alphabet with my, with my tongue on your clitoris, then, then no, I'm not going to enjoy it. So it's a hit or miss kind of situation. Hmm. I like that you said that because but how very uncommon to hear somebody say, my pleasure is your pleasure. And if you're not enjoying yourself, I'm not enjoying it. That's a really great mindset to have. I think generally speaking, guys that like to go down on women have that mindset. I don't I, I don't encounter a lot of dudes who say, yeah, I eat pussy, you know, for my, you know, for my game. No, it's for me, man. <laughs> no, we, we eat pussy because we enjoy knowing that we make you feel good. Right. We get no enjoyment from it. Otherwise, I don't get off on my tongue. <laughs> Some people might. Oh, yeah. Some people do. I don't know. But anyway, yeah. Uh, as a vagina owner, there was a time when I would tell you that I did not enjoy oral. There was a time when I would have told you I did not enjoy my clit being stimulated. Yeah, there are a lot of women who tell me that, actually. And my general reaction used to be like, what? Why? But then I realized, no, that's making somebody feel weird for the way they do things down there. So I, I stopped doing that. Why was that the case for you? So this was around the time also that I wasn't sure if I could orgasm. And then when I finally figured out that, oh, I can orgasm, it's just that I didn't have the partners who could do it for me. Um, and then I went on to, oh, I guess I can only really orgasm from not necessarily penetrative uh, sex. I would still like be on top and be stimulating my own clit. So I knew it was a clitoral orgasm. But at that point, I had never had an orgasm from somebody just purely going down on me. And also at this point, there weren't a lot of people who would go down on me for extended periods of time. So it's not like I could even have the experience to say that I enjoyed oral because the ones who did go down on me, like, will go down on you for like 30 seconds. Yeah, and just like literally like, okay, to get you wet. Yeah, yeah. It's lubed up. I can go in now. 
Exactly. And like, so for a really, really long time, I did not like oral or I thought I did not like oral. And then when I finally had a partner who was like, no, I'm just going to go down on you for a pretty long time. It was life changing. <laughs> it's like everything I knew about myself was wrong. <laughs> oh, no, I'm a taker. I'm a taker. I'm not a giver after all. <laughs> I used to be like, nah, you know, I just really like giving in sex. I don't like right. taking. And I realized it's because nobody knew how to give it to me. And now right. that somebody gave it to me, I just don't, I want to take all day. <laughs> and I think that's a common experience for a lot of people who are good in bed. They all started out as people who had low self-esteem. You start, you, if you started out being good in bed, chances are it's because you didn't even think about taking any pleasure for yourself the first few times you had sex. Is because all you were concerned about is making the other person feel good. Yeah, and I think this is why like the the mindset that you have going into oral sex is incredibly important because I mean any kind of sex it, there's always a psychological aspect to it. It's not just purely physical. I mean it is entirely possible to have a purely physical satisfying enjoyable experience, but more often than not, especially if you have a vagina, like you need to be in the right mindset to be able to enjoy oral. And right. like, I, you know, there's a lot of reasons why you wouldn't be able to enjoy oral. Like, I think the number one reason um, as a person with a vagina that I did not enjoy it was because uh, I was anxious. Oh, I yeah, was self-conscious. I, I knew that vaginas had a smell and I knew that men were awful. And can be super, super mean and judgmental. Right. And they probably just watch a lot of porn, which doesn't have any smell to it. Right. So, right. <laughs> oh, my God. The first time I smelled a vagina, I was a little confused. I wasn't disgusted. But, like, confused. You know, I know what I smell like when I take my pants off and I sit down at the toilet and it wafts up. I was not expecting to get that smell from another human being. I'd never smelled another human being, another human being's crotch. Okay, it's the same thing as when you smell your own fart, you don't mind it. You know the smell of your own fart. Oh, yeah. But Love then it. you smell Love somebody it. else's fart, and you're like, that doesn't smell bad. That, that smells horrible. But then you fart, and then somebody else's farts, and you don't know whose fart you're smelling anymore. And you're like, does it smell good or bad? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so I was confused. I was confused because it was, I knew that smell, but it was coming from somebody else. And yeah. Yeah. So like, just like, I think that is like a major psychological obstacle. And I think oh, that people who do go down on other people, that's an, also a psychological obstacle for them because vaginas have a smell and sometimes it's great and sometimes it's not so great. We've also talked about this on the show previous. I mean, it's, it also, it's also down to your chromosomes, something that uh, somebody might be absolutely repulsed by. Your bodily smell that somebody might be repulsed by, another person might find very, very attractive. So it's also a matter of finding the right person. Yeah, I have questioned relationships where, yeah, no, because you know, you definitely know, okay? When you're with somebody and you love the smell of their, of their genitals or whatever, their, their pheromones, mm -hmm. uh, you can tell when they, if, if they sweat and they smell bad to you, it, it, it gets in your mind. You're like, am I going to have to spend the rest of my life finding this person's smell unbearable? I love everything else about them, but... It's just something that turns me off. Yeah, that makes sense. Because like you can still have somebody who ha like smells, but you love it. You love how they smell. So exactly. it's not unbearable. Exactly. So that's like one issue, really. It's like how you smell, how you taste, which is related to how you smell. Okay, you know what? I think I actually was even more worried about how I tasted than how I smelled. The first few times I think I got a blowjob, I wasn't able to get hard because I was so self-conscious. 
I was so self-conscious about like, I mean, you're hard when you're petting and like kissing and stuff like that. But as soon as the pants come down and it's real, it's out and her, her mouth is about to go on your dick. You're like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't go. Don't go near there. It's not ready. <laughs> Customer Matt says, add salt. Maybe a squeeze of lime while you're at it. No, do not put any citrus. <laughs> a nice ceviche. <laughs> do not put any citrus down there. <laughs> Or ketchup or chocolate, I guess. Yeah, you know, if if you want to experiment with that sort of stuff. But also, I think that people who, this is just me, but I think people who are are really too sensitive about the smell down there just have have an immature kind of perspective on what a person is supposed to smell like. Unless it smells totally funky, like that a human should not smell like that then you don't have a right to complain because everybody smells like that. Yeah. And again, like some people, like they'll smell differently because of their diet. Maybe they're a smoker or maybe they have an infection. And, you know, and that's always like really awkward, by the way, when you go down on someone and you have to tell them later, I think you have to get checked. You have like a white, you have a white line of yeast down your chin. Yeah, you're you're just like, like, I think um, you need to see your doctor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but like, and more, and you know, like it's not going to kill you either. Right. Um and in most cases, it's just a very healthy smell. It's just that you're not used to it. Um, but that is a major psychological obstacle for people to start enjoying oral sex. Another yeah. one is that like a lot of people just don't know what to do down there. And like as we said in the intro, it's like nature's Rubik's Cube. because mm-hmm. Not because it's like necessarily difficult to figure out, but because each person is so unique. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I guess... I wonder, is there less variance, you think, um, in pleasing somebody with a penis and pleasing somebody with a vagina? I absolutely think that. I absolutely believe that. I mean, there have been so many stand-up routines based on that very premise. You know how to work one penis, you know how to work them all. If you, you know how to work one vagina, and you know how to work just that vagina, just that one. The next one you meet is a completely different vagina. You will, you will not know. You're lost in Narnia all over again. We have an input from our customer, Jed, who says, oh, eating coochie is definitely easier than sucking D. And I'm like, maybe physically, I will agree with you. Physically speaking, it is easier. I find it way more difficult to keep my jaw locked and do this for 30 fucking minutes than to do this with my tongue. <laughs> I, just, yes. I just don't agree. I just don't agree. <laughs> but I, like, I, I would say that that's why like, going down on someone is like, eating somebody out is physically easier on your jaw. I got TMJ, so, you know, sucking D isn't exactly um, in my cards anymore. <laughs> but oh, I eating still... coochie is easier than sucking dick, yeah. yeah okay. Eating yeah. coochie is easier physically, but I would say that, like, technique-wise, it is more difficult. And I say this as a person who loves eating coochie and has eaten more coochie, I think, than dicks that have been sucked. <laughs> Jabim is right. You know how to eat one person out. You know how to eat one person out. So every mm-hmm. new person is like a process of learning how their clit works. While my experience with sucking D is, you're right. What works for one, typically the skill transferred over multiple partners. Yeah. So that's a really big obstacle. It's just the, the fear of not knowing what to do down there and just kind of like trying whatever sticks. That can make for a really bad oral sex experience. Yeah. You suck a dick a first time. You'll get the same reaction you get when you suck a dick the thousandth time. If you go down on one person, if you go down on someone who has a vagina one way, and you try to do that to the next person, they will literally be like, what the fuck are you doing? Don't, what is, do that. Don't make me come down there. <laughs> 
And I think like, okay, one of my biggest gripes really about oral sex is the idea that blowjobs are a normal part of foreplay. Right. And to a point, they're almost kind of expected, right? Like dudes just generally, porn. right? It's porn because uh, porn is typically structured as blowjob first and then sex, right? So that's what happens. Yeah, when they but, say foreplay, they really mean blowjob. That's really all they're talking about. <laughs> There's no foreplay. Foreplay means that they're both doing things. So There's no foreplay. It's just head. Just or as we mentioned earlier, the foreplay is they'll go down on you long enough to get you right. like surface wet. Surface wet. Not even like inside wet. Just like, okay, the outside's covered in my saliva. We're good. No, you the know? foreplay is a two-second clip. It's a two-second thing in their time thingy there. And it's just the guy going... <laughs> <laughs> it's just fucking that's it uh, there's no foreplay <laughs> done but there has been a, i mean it, it's unfair to keep blaming that on porn now because i have been noticing to be fair to the people who make porn a rising trend a consistent trend in going down on women being featured in more straight porn um, I think it's just because there's an uptick in women watching porn. I've also seen an uptick in production value in in less of the male gaze being in in these pornos. And they're supposedly for, you know, it's supposedly straight porn, which traditionally has been made for men. So it's nice. It's nice seeing a, a shift in porn that way. Yeah. And I really think it's also partially because um, people with vaginas now are asserting their you know, right. sexual sexuality. Needs. And they're like, you yeah. gotta go down on me, yo. Like, we're we're starting to, or we've already had that conversation about how it's extremely important for that to happen. Uh, and you know, it's it's starting to have much more value now. I am very envious because when I was still sleeping with men, this was not the conversation. This was definitely not the conversation. I have had men um refuse or ask, why do I want to do that? Or like, well, you're not my girlfriend, so I'm not going to do that. I'm like, yeah, then you should say that I won't suck your dick then because you're not my, you're not my boyfriend. I don't know. Um, I think those two things go hand in hand. The thing that you mentioned earlier about women being insecure about their vaginas, something that we discuss often on this show, on this podcast, um, because there is a stigma around the vagina. You know, it stinks. It looks weird because vaginas look so different from one another. Women are taught that their vaginas must look weird then. Mm -hmm. But you see the same fucking penis on every on every anatomy chart, and dudes are like, "That's my dick." <laughs> Actual size, the same fucking joke every time. So, but yeah, um, so I, I think it's that you know you're not confident. You're already not confident. You're already insecure about your your vagina. It's hard for you to go out of your way to demand that somebody go down there when you can't guarantee like that he's going to enjoy the experience. The difference between men and women really is that men don't care. We don't care whether you enjoy the smell or the look. We're just happy that somebody's sucking our dicks. And I think that if more women want to get, you know, want to get their, their head in in foreplay, just be more confident in your vagina. Your vagina is beautiful and deserves to be played with and sucked and licked. And you should demand that for yourself if you want that for yourself in bed. Yeah, I will say that sometimes it is you yourself who is propagating this. I, I think back to younger me <laughs> mm -hmm. when I was in my early 20s, late teens. Um, actually, I'd say like even until like maybe like my mid 20s, um, like with my last boyfriend, he wanted to go down on me the first night we had sex. 
And I told him, I was so conscious about it because my ex had told me some weird things about my vagina. So I was very, very conscious about it. And mm-hmm. I told him, uh, not until the 10th date. It was a completely arbitrary number. I was just trying to postpone you it. You thought buy you more time. Yeah, I was like, I just need some time, yo. We'll have a date a month. <laughs> right. And like, you know, maybe we won't even get to 10 dates and I don't have to deal with this. Right. But we did get to 10 dates. I ended up dating this guy for four years. So we did get to <laughs> 10 dates. And I remember, I didn't even know, I, I completely forgot about my arbitrary number there. And then on the 10th date, he was like, it's the 10th date. And I was like, huh? And then all of a sudden, ah, oh no. And then like, I didn't prepare myself mentally, but I had already said 10th dates. So I couldn't right. postpone it anymore. You know, and, you know, I thought like, okay, I was, I'm very sex positive. I thought I would be over this. And then after he and I broke up four years later, so I'm like 25 now. This is just a few yeah. years ago. I, I meet my current partner and I still say no to her going down on me on the first date. Yeah. You know, just because you've learned, uh, unlearned a behavior with one person, it doesn't mean you've unlearned it with everybody. You have to Absolutely. keep unlearning that with new people uh, every time. So, yeah, pretty cool that you were able to get it, get over it, though. If you knew that you can get over it once, you can definitely get over it again. I mean, it really helped that being with another girl, another woman, who also has a vagina and is just like a really huge raging lesbian who worships your vagina, right? I've never had it worshipped before. Like (laughs) Men don't do that. They're not like, oh, it's so beautiful. It's an altar, a candle. Yeah, and just like sometimes just like staring at it, not even doing anything, just being like, wow, it's beautiful. Yeah. You know, like having somebody adore you in that way that I've never felt before made me really confident in it and made me a lot more receptive to oral sex because it's like, you know what? She's right. My pussy is awesome. (laughs) But when I do it, I get kicked out of the grocery store. Double standards. Anyway. Uh, You have to go to SM. (laughs) Because you know they've got it all for you. Exactly. Back. <laughs> that was Ilyana and Guile, a new but determined independent acoustic folk duo. Just a couple of days after releasing their single Kahit, their song was streamed almost 3,000 times. You can stream their music now on Spotify as well as follow them on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and SoundCloud. If you want to be featured on the show, we would love to. Please send your clips to nowopenph at gmail.com. For today's opening up, we have an anonymous letter. Anonymous writes, oh, that's very appropriate. I know vaginas have natural smells. Yes, they do. Very good, A+. But the idea of it not smelling enticing enough makes me feel self-conscious to open up about wanting to try it with my partner. So is there any way to make it smell better? Hmm. Okay. Question. Trisha? All right. Well, there's like, I feel like two parts to this question. There yep. is the question that you asked, which is any way to make it smell better. Mm-hmm. And then the question that you didn't ask, which is, how do I feel better about this? <laughs> yes. Which is the actual solution to the problem. Which is the actual solution. I mean, I can, we will definitely give you some yes. advice for the, sec- uh, for the how to make it smell better um, yes. a little bit. But I think first you need to evaluate, do you really smell bad or are you just not comfortable with your own vagina smell? Mm-hmm. You know? And I think 
what you have to do is you have to really get to know your vagina. So like you got to like know what it smells like on a regular day. You know what it smells like on your period so that you know when something is wrong. Because, you know, it, it's entirely possible that you're conscious about it because you have bacterial vaginosis or something. Like I've had bacterial vaginosis. It smells awful. You can smell it from outside clothing. It's very awful. <laughs> so if, if that is the case and you know that something's like really funky and really weird and off your base standard of smell, then please do see a gynecologist and, you know, they can put you on some treatment. But if this is just really how your vagina smells, like that's your baseline, then you just got to get comfortable with it, you know? Um, Vaginas aren't meant to smell enticing. I love how you you smell, you use the word smells enticing. And I'm like, what does enticing smell like? Does it smell like a a turkey feast? Uh, Look, if your dude is into you, your vagina is going to smell enticing no matter what you do. You could drag it through like garbage. You could jump into payatas right now and he'd still smell that and be like, what's for dinner? I will tell you that like there have been times like after a particularly good sex section, a sex session with somebody and then you like you just kind of have the smell of their vagina in your brain and then suddenly you smell it somewhere for whatever reason. <laughs> and you're like <laughs> transports you to a different place. Like there will be people who <laughs> you're just like on the bus going. And you're like <laughs> <laughs> So in some cases, the smell can actually be like a really good thing. So um, be comfortable with your smell. Love your smell. I don't know if smelling another person's vagina will help you, but if somebody will allow you to do that, it might make you feel better about your own because you'll realize, oh, we all smell like this. Um, But if you do want to make it smell better, uh, quite easy. Better diet, really. Um, What you eat will affect how you smell and taste. So I know smoking will make you taste weirder. Um, Asparagus also will make you taste kind of strange. Pineapples actually do work. (laughs) That is actually, uh, I I don't know if it's like scientific, but I've tried it multiple times and anecdotally it works. And look, if you're like, if you don't want to try any of the, you know, anything out there or anything uh, too drastic, uh, because there, there are lots of like lubes, flavored lubes you could get. There's a lot of fun uh, to make your vagina smell really enticing in an unnatural but still fun way. But if you don't want to do anything too much, just a quick wash. Really, mm-hmm. honestly, your vagina, there is no vagina in the world that smells healthy vagina anyway. In the world, it smells so horrible that it will not smell neutral with a quick wash, with vaginal wash. It's as simple as that. It's really as simple as that. And believe me, it is enough. I would actually recommend not using vaginal wash. Just water. Your, your oh, vagina yeah, is just water, dude. It's just fine, Do really. a quick bidet down there right before. <laughs> and you will be fine. Just wipe away the sweat and whatever limug you have there. You're good. You're golden. All right. If you'd like to send, uh, uh, send your anonymous questions or confessions, you can submit through our opening up form. And now, back to the discussion. All right. So uh, we're nearing the end of our discussion on this. And I think we need to give some tips and tricks to people who are listening out there and who may not know how to go down on someone. So a few things I think you need to remember, again, in line with our opening up is smells and tastes differ. You know, mm-hmm. people with vaginas don't smell like flowers down there. Maybe you'll meet one person who does, but the next person definitely some people probably do. won't. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> I'm sorry. You mentioned that. And I think this is still up for our anonymous uh, letter writer. Here's a neat little trick. If you want your vagina to smell good, 
make sure that your underwear is always perfumed. If you use that uh, downy underwear that has the perfume smell, if your underwear smells good and it covers your vagina the whole day, you're, by the time you take it off, your vagina is going to smell like that underwear. It's going to smell like downy. And it, it's a, it's, it works, dude. But be very careful about the kind of detergents that you use because some of them yes. can irritate you down there and make it like mm-hmm. make it worse because now there's just too much going on. Um, and definitely do not spray alcohol or cologne on your vagina uh, or on your panties it it will cause even more bacterial vaginosis which will make it worse Mm -hmm. so yeah just like accept that things will be different because of who they are genetics um how they eat if they like worked out that day whatever there's it's going to be a variety so don't expect a particular smell uh, and just kind of run with it, really. Again, unless it's an, uh, there's an infection or something, it should be tolerable. Also, with that, the way that the vulva and like the different parts, like where they're located, how they look, that's mm-hmm. going to differ from person to person. Sometimes it's going to look like Mama Mary apparition. Sometimes it's going to look like the predator from Predator. Either way, a vagina is still a vagina, and it's totally normal. Yeah. And pubes are also a part of it. Okay, like as a as a person who has sex with, with other women, I understand that sometimes it gets in the way and it, it is a lot easier to shave, but that is not on you to decide. That's always on uh, whoever owns the pubes. They get to decide if they want to shave or not. You can also totally decline. You can also yeah. totally decline on going down on someone with like a full a full bush, <laughs> like a full afro down there if you're not into it. Absolutely. I know My partner I have, has also declined because it, not because of anything, but just because like it's itchy, you know, it can cause acne. Yeah. There's a yeah. lot of reasons, really. I don't like it because it gets in my nostrils. Okay. Still, <laughs> <laughs> still fucking laugh. It, just, it, it does. Okay. When I am down there and it's long enough and you feel it like going into your nose, it's like, no. <laughs> you just can't you concentrate. I am too, I am too much of a people pleaser. Like, even if like it's harder for me to work with pubes, I will still do it. And I'm just going to like secretly <laughs> without like while your eyes are closed, I'm gonna pick pubes out of my <laughs> like that's while <laughs> I'm not subtle. At one time I, I was about to go down on someone and there was like a full bush of pubes and I pantomime putting on goggles and it went I'm a lot less subtle when I'm dealing with a penis. Like I, I will express my resentment, <laughs> but when it's huge, yeah, I'll be like <laughs> groaning while I'm pushing the pubes down. But when it comes to people with vaginas, I don't know. I guess like because I know that people are generally much more insecure down there. I try not to say anything, right? And right. I just go with it. But yeah, so um, those are just things to keep in mind. But let's get into some techniques. Joe Bim, you are a master eater outer. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about this, you know, no, no matter how good I think I am at going down on women, I'm still talking to a card carrying lesbian here. I mean, well, somebody who has fucked more women, has gone down on more women than I have. That'd kind of be I like. I don't actually know if that's true. That'd be like, my, you have a vagina. That'd be like Michael Phelps teaching a dolphin how to swim. Okay, I have nothing to contribute in the conversation of, uh, okay, so I, I, can, I can give you what I do. This is, this is just what I do. I don't know if it's going to work for you, uh, and I don't know whether your partner is going to enjoy it, but so far the track record has been pretty solid for me. 
if I'm going to go down on someone and it's just literally about going down on someone, because sometimes you like to do that, you know, sometimes you want to have sex and you just want to give to your partner. So, uh, you know, you're going to end up at the clit, but you do not start there. You start everywhere, but you start as far away from the clit as you can possibly find. If your partner likes foot stuff, you start at the toes. If your partner likes being kissed in, in, on their neck, you kiss their back of their neck. And then you stimulate, you awaken the different parts of their body, right? Because you're not ticklish right away. You have to get tickled first a little bit in order for that part of your body to be sensitive. If somebody drags their, their finger across your forearm, it's not ticklish right away. But if somebody, somebody caresses your neck first, the next touch you feel, wherever it's going to be around your body, it's, ooh, it's electric. So uh, you start everywhere. You awaken all the different parts of their body from head to toe, and then you hit the different erogenous zones. My rule of thumb is any part of the body that does not see sunlight or feel wind is sensitive. So, uh, yes. So the That's back of the ears, <laughs> the back of the ears, any joints, the neck, the inside of the arm, the back of the knees, the seeing it anywhere that bends or does not get sunlight or wind because it does not get, those are the parts of your body that are least exposed to sensation. So when they feel something, it's, it's really intense. That's a really good point because um, a lot of people look at cunnilingus and whatever as foreplay, but mm -hmm. it actually is a sex act on its own. Yes. So it's like the foreplay to the foreplay. You need to have foreplay before you even like, you don't attack the clit right away. Yeah. This, 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 what I'm talking about right now is not, is not foreplay. The, the cunnilingus is the main event. That is the climax. That is the show. So everything else you're, you're doing is preparing for that. It is, it is getting everything ready. It's heating up the, the, the oven, so to speak. So uh, once everything is stimulated, then I like to like, put legs up and then just like lick the ass, like ass cheeks, back of the thighs, back of the calves, uh, go everywhere and then go around the vagina, just everywhere around the vagina. Cause yeah. So if you look around the, the clitoris, there's that, the bulbs, you can lick around the bulbs and the legs uh, for a pretty good time and stimulate the clitoris and, and build that, that up before you actually get, to the clitoris. So it's teasing everything. It's go it's beating literally beating around the bush, going around <laughs> in circles before you get to uh before you get to the the main show. And then by the by that time you'd have built up anticipation. It's as much mental as it is physical. You'd have built up the anticipation if you can make them feel like they're feeling this intense without even touching your clitoris. It is the, the expectation of how amazing is it going to feel when they finally get to the clitoris that makes the sensation so intense and pleasurable. So when you finally get to it, you flatten out your tongue. Don't, don't, don't do the little flicky thing because you've already built this whole thing. Don't ruin it. Don't ruin it with the little flicky thing right away. You're going, no. You flatten out your tongue and then you start from the very bottom of the vagina, even though you don't think it's not sensitive down there. After everything you've done, trust me, it's going to be sensitive. Mm -hmm. You lick slowly from the bottom all the way to the tip. Then once you get to the tip, you stay there and you gently massage slowly. And then from there, you, you know, you respond to what, what, the person, uh, what the person's body is telling you. But that is my general process for that. I love how you said, I have nothing to contribute, proceeds to talk for five minutes. <laughs> compared to you i have one thing right i have a thing i have a, i have a move i have a but once you've experienced that several times it's kind of like you know, you're just lying there like oh, i just get to the clit already dude <laughs> you know? i wouldn't say that i have the the 
the tools to, to improvise on the go. I have that script. Well, what you said about responding, right, to your partner's mm -hmm. body, uh, mm -hmm. I think that's really important uh, because, again, everybody is different and you're going to make mistakes. You're going to accidentally poke too hard or go too fast or do something that's going to happen. Um, try not to take that personally because if your partner is communicating with you what they want, then listen to them because they know better than you. You know, Absolutely. put aside your ego. Don't think you know better than them. You're doing uh, it too I hard. I'm not it. doing it too just, fucking hard. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, some people take it personally. Some people like really? they stop when you when you say any kind of give any kind of advice, they'll just stop and and be like mad about it. So don't be that person. Be receptive to criticism and learn because this person is the expert on their body. So make sure you listen to them. But on your end, I think even if you don't know anything, let's say you're going to this, like this is the first vagina you've ever seen and you've never had any you practice. Found a vagina in the wild. Right? Seen it close up. So I think it, it, I think you need to adopt that kind of mindset where it's just like, wow, I've never seen this before. That curiosity mindset, that yeah. um, the enthusiasm. That what does this button do mentality. Right? I think you need yeah. to be curious and I, th I, need, I think you need to be enthusiastic. Like if, if people ask me what my technique is, I actually don't have a technique. I don't like have a specific set of moves or whatever, um, aside from building out the outside and then going there. But once I'm there... Um, enthusiasm is the name of the game. <laughs> I, I like to say, uh, go down on someone the way you'd make out with them. Mm -hmm. And like the, the clit is the tongue. So if you want to kiss somebody soft, kiss them soft. It's like a French kiss. That's why it's called an Australian kiss, because it's like a French kiss, but Dan under, you know? So just, just make out. Just, you know, be gentle, yeah, be rough. And I think that like, again, because pleasure when you're getting oral sex is partially psychological, the person that you're going down on wants to know that you want to be down there. Yes. You know, they want to know that you're not just there because you want to get it wet and get it over with. They want to know that you're like, no, this is, there's no place I'd rather be rather than yes. right up in here. You know, so make them feel it, you know, make noises, be like, you know, like that. And like, don't be afraid to get sloppy. Like, oh man, sometimes, there's some sometimes, people who are like, <laughs> we're like, eh, no, we don't, we don't need that. We don't need that. I want to like yeah. dribbling down your neck. Yeah, it better be all your over chair. your face. And yeah. you can imagine, I've had this problem ever since I got a nose ring. It's been very difficult <laughs> to do that. Hope I can't snags. do my, my usual, you know, like motorboating your vagina type of thing. Like I, I, you know, it's very difficult. But if I can still go down on a, a girl with a nose ring and make it enthusiastic, you can do it too. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> so what other tips do we got for people? Uh, okay, so we got um, pulsing. Ah, so this is pulsing. more like our actual, right. like, what techniques to do. Okay, so I, uh, aside from the making out, uh, here's the thing that I learned from one of my sister's uh, inappropriate friends, is that you spell the alphabet, right? You spell the alphabet on the clit with your tongue. And that's good. That, I mean, in, in, in theory, it's good, right? Because there will be some letters that are going to be amazing, and there are going to be other letters where you're going to be like, what the fuck are you doing down there? X. I would recommend that you <laughs> stick with some, yeah, you stick with some. Uh, a, X, Q, Q, definitely. Uh, uppercase uh, and the lowercase. Things that have like round, like B. Yeah. Mm -hmm. B, B, yeah. B, things that hit in the middle B. also. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I think maybe the benefit of the ABCs. Okay, so I think there is some, I I will make an argument for it. You do the ABCs until you find the direction and the the movement that the person responds to great. You're like, A, okay, that doesn't work. B, pay attention to what letters. Yeah. And then if you really want to have fun, you do an ambigram in your head, an anagram in your head, and you try to spell something, and then you try to make them guess what the fuck it is you're spelling. Hey, that would be a cool activity. Yeah. Mm, ideas. Uh, of course, like your general up-down movement, easiest for your tongue. Um, mm-hmm. Round and round, left and right. Uh, be careful, of course, with your tongue because you could uh, get a little injury there. So you can also go like sideways so that when you're, even if you're doing an up and down, it, it feels like a left and right to them. Uh, figure eights, sucking on the clip very gently. Um, also very, uh, can feel really, really nice. Just make sure not to do it too much. And uh, this is something I learned recently from out of uh, out of all the people in the world, a straight friend. Uh, humming, apparently, seems to generate some really nice vibrations and feelings down there. So like as you're doing your tongue motions, try to like hum and vibrate your throat. It'll create a much, a very different sensation. Oh, yeah. Like a a nice rumbling. But uh, do not start humming hi-ho from Sleeping Beauty. It's not the most romantic thing to be humming while you're down there. You know what? Mm-hmm. My, my, my partner mm-hmm. was like threatening mm-hmm. me. She was like, <laughs> I'm going to hum uh, like the Super Mario. Like, and then when you come, it's the one where Mario jumps on the flagpole. Why are you humming that? Because I'm going in a tunnel. It's like, don't threaten me with a good time. So yeah, the ups and downs, the eight, the sucking on the clip, I think is kind of uh, dangerous. It's a danger. It's an advanced technique because uh, we talked earlier about how the clitoris is sort of the parallel to the male penis. And I believe that. I believe that you can kind of treat them the same way if you see how they're analogs of one another. Uh, licking a clit is basically just edging. You know, so if you suck, if you suck on a clit, you suffer the same, uh, you, you, you run the same risks as sucking on a dick, which you might suck on it too hard. I've, I've, I've sucked on a clit too hard, man. That's not pleasant. Uh, you might bite it. You ah, might nibble it too hard. I mean, some people uh, like so, teeth. Yeah, some people like teeth. Again, uh, it's very different. So sucking on the clit, I think, is a more advanced technique. Yeah, I think it's something that maybe you should discuss with your partner or mm-hmm. you try it very, very slowly and then see how and they humming react. Is, Humming is more of a novelty. Try, try, uh, I know it's not about blowjobs this episode, but the next time you're licking somebody's balls, hum. Mm. It's awesome. Uh, I'll check my uh, my schedule for my next dick appointment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think uh, last tip would be mm-hmm. to be safe. You know, um, although the risk is significantly lower compared to other forms of sex, STIs can still be transmitted through oral sex. Um, you know, like... There's there's bacteria down there, uh, and you know, uh, I know that your vagina can also hold like much more virus, like a higher concentration of viruses, especially if you're on your period. So uh, yeah, there's a risk of STIs. It is lower, but if you want to be safe about it, you can use dental dams, or yeah, if you can't, fi- 
Yeah, that's very, hey, it's like using a condom for sex, right? (laughs) We have to normalize it. Normalize dental dams, okay? Dental dams are one of the most dehumanizing looking contraceptives in the world. Have you ever tried to fuck anyone wearing a dental dam? (laughs) Jesus (laughs) Christ. I've never tried penetrative sex with a dental dam, but I have tried oral sex. Uh, If you can't find dental dams, which you can normally find in like mercury and other like medical supply areas, Mm -hmm. uh, you can just get a condom and cut it up. Like mm-hmm. make it into a square and then you like lay mm-hmm. it out there. Uh, that's a really great idea, especially because, um, you know, you can get throat cancer from HPV. Uh, please get uh, cervical cancer shots or HPV shots if you can to prevent this. Men uh, or people with penises can also get these shots to mm-hmm. prevent throat cancer and also to pass it on from uh, during sex. Um, Jobim, yes or no to brushing your teeth before oral? For who? For the person you're going down on. I've received good and bad feedback from that. Some people like the minty sensation. Some people don't. Mm. Uh, If you want to brush your teeth because you yourself are conscious about like kissing after, uh, then I suggest using a toothpaste that is not too minty. Mm. You know, maybe one of them flavored toothpaste or or something with a more mild uh, arm. The Arm & Hammer baking soda um toothpaste is is not that minty so it's um, unless you're into that so yeah I'm, I'm for it as long as everybody is everybody is informed about brushing of the teeth <laughs> generally i would recommend um brushing teeth because your mouth also has a shit ton of germs right and you don't yes, want to transfer yes. those germs onto somebody yeah. else but one thing you do have to be careful about is that when you brush your teeth you could cause micro tears in your mouth which makes you more likely to contract an infection. So that's just something to keep in mind. It's it's annoying because it's like good, but also bad. Uh, how about going down on someone while they're on their period? Yes. yes Ride the absolutely. red tide, Moses. Do it. Fucking. <laughs> yeah, I was checking uh, the Wikipedia for cunnilingus, uh, <laughs> going back to my roots. And I saw that like the Hell's Angels called it earning their red wings. Yep. Because of like how the blood would like make patterns on your cheeks, mm-hmm. so it is it is safe to engage in oral sex uh, while somebody's on their period. But again, keep in mind they might contain higher concentrations of viruses, especially stuff like hepatitis B. So mm-hmm. that's one thing. If they don't have hepatitis B, then you're probably fine. <laughs> probably, probably, probably. It's a weird okay. thing to ask before going down on someone, though. It might kill you the mood. Hepatitis B. <laughs> the B B huh? B. <laughs> You're sure. And anyway. um, also, of course, get tested regularly. That's just uh, any yes. tip that we have for literally everything. And finally, I, you know, uh, we have a customer here who said, I injured my tongue after licking for up to eight hours. So try not to strain your tongue so much, you know? <laughs> because you ridiculous, can't. ridiculous, man. I don't even yeah. do things that I like for eight hours. <laughs> I can't imagine, like, Ugh. No, especially since I have this tongue tie. Like, look, do you see it? Vaguely. Okay. Oh, yeah. Most right. parents choose to have that snipped in their children because it impedes singing ability and speaking. It causes oh. stuttering in some children. It causes lisps. Uh, we had my son snipped uh, for that reason. Uh, but, yeah, I still have mine. So when it, And if you look very closely, you'll see a nub on it. And that nub is actually a callus. From from the times that I've got like marathon gone down on people and it's torn my 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 tongue tie. 
it's actually torn into the tongue tie and healed so many times that I have a callus there on my tongue tie. Well, according to him, there were breaks, uh, <laughs> but he still saw a tear under his tongue the next day. And this is actually very common because you you are straining your jaw and your tongue to get out there. Uh, but if you keep doing that, you're going to keep uh, tearing it and it you know, can also make you more likely to have uh, contract SDIs uh, through your mouth. So try to take breaks. Um, maybe if you had a marathon cunnilingus session, give it a couple days before you try it again to allow your, your tongue to heal. But you should also care for yourself because your tongue is your instrument. Imagine if you broke your penis every time you had sex, right? It's kind of like that. Care for your tongue. Yeah, don't break your penis. <laughs> so that wraps up our discussions on eating the bean. Nice. Jobim, what what is your takeaway from tonight? Uh, actually, I just had a pretty good time talking about like going down on people. I think it's just not a, I think it's not a thing that uh, people talk about enough. It, it's one of those things that that really needs to be destigmatized. It's about time. Uh, blowjobs are already so normalized. I'm not trying to lessen the conversation around blowjobs. I'm just thinking we should talk about condolences on on people who have vaginas in in the same breath, in the same vein, the same way we do. And this was our this was our way of uh, moving in that step, in that direction. Yeah, I think one of the reasons why a lot of people don't advocate for themselves in bed is because they don't know that it's completely normal to want this. They don't think they deserve it um, or they think they won't enjoy it. And I think just, mm -hmm. you know, open yourself up to those possibilities um, and communicate because whatever you hear on the show, these are just suggestions. Mm -hmm. The person that you want to please, that's the person you got to talk to. Awesome. Do you have anything you want to promote, Jobim? Squid Game. Dude, if you haven't watched it already, get on it. <laughs> Squid Game! Squid Game. Maybe we should do a we should do an episode on sex scenes in movies. <laughs> and how oh, we should, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of discourse around that. Man, that would be a whole fucking season. <laughs> we get a whole year on that. Awesome. I am at Trisha O'Bannon on Twitter. Make sure you follow me there. And also follow Now Open if you haven't already. We are at uh, Now Open PH on Facebook and Twitter. Our past episodes are also available on YouTube, Spotify, and wherever else you got your podcasts. I'm pretty sure we just did a big episode dump. I love how I said I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Not 86% sure. But I'm, yeah, I'm like 96% sure we've done a mega um, episode dump. You just got to scroll back because we backdated it. So if you want to hear some of our like past mega episodes, they feel really good. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what do. So uh, don't forget to subscribe to our coffee page. That's coffee.com slash nowopenph to get bonus content. We upload our pre-shows and we talk about some ridiculous shit there and other special perks one of which is a discount on our merch and i know we've been talking about this for months but it's actually happening we are um announcing the prices and releasing the store link this week so uh make sure to check our social media pages so you know how to order and if you sign up to our coffee as a monthly subscriber you get 20 percent off everything in the merch store so hopefully that'll uh, convince y'all to sign up to our coffee <laughs> sweet and uh this isn't over this isn't the this isn't the end of the night if you don't want it to be 
wink wink <laughs> so if you'd like to keep the conversation going we will be migrating over to now opens gather town uh at the end of the show so you can join us at bit.ly slash now open town left the link in the comments you can just chill with the crew and uh other customers and we can just talk and have a good time so uh jabim do you want to announce our next episode because this was your idea. Yes. Okay. So I love David Attenborough and I love nature documentaries and I love watching animals get it on. So next episode is going to be Masahol Pasahayop, Sex in Nature. It's going to be fun. It's going to be educational. It's going to be fungicational. See you when we next open.